there's too many people that are isolated in trying to do good work for God. They're all trying to figure out how to market Catholicism in a fresh way that actually engages people. So we tried it the first year, had tremendous success. It's exciting. I'm having fun. I'm meeting a lot of really great people. I have been to all of these shows over the last year, and by far this is my favorite. I want to emphasize the importance of what you're doing as lay apostles in the CMM. The Catholic Marketing Network has a service that the marketplace needs and the church needs. There's the distribution of a lot of Catholic religious items, but most of the people you talk to, they say, well, we really come for the networking. It's a great joy to be here. In fact, it was almost 10 years ago that I came to the Catholic Marketing Network for the first time. There was a friend and I putting out sacred music. St. Ignatius Press picked it up and they showcased us. and. Before you knew it, we had sold 20,000 copies to people like you. And that sprung board a company that now has reach in about eight different countries. I found really good and you know, very interesting because I like when people come from everywhere and we can learn a lot. We come to show something, but they show us too. So that's, uh, that's amazing. This is always one of my favorite, favorite, favorite events. I always love coming here and being here because it's, uh, it's such a synergy to be around like-minded people with the same ideals, the same love for the church. So it's beautiful. Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. I apologize there for all that feedback here on the intro, but we hope that you are doing well uh, this evening here on the Sewing Hope Podcast as you join us from wherever you might be. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, I am joined by my friend and co-host, Ann DeSantis. And how are you this evening? And is it sunny in Philadelphia today? Yes, it certainly is. It's great to be here, Bill. Thank you. <laughs> oh, good. No, it's wonderful. It's great uh, to be back. Can't believe we're on episode 144. And uh, I know we have a wonderful uh, guest with us tonight. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about her? Oh, I'd love to. Yes, we have Kathy Gilmore. And I would like to read her beautiful bio. 
She is a virtue advocate and the creator of the virtue heroes. In a world groping in darkness, the meaning of virtue itself has been marginalized. Kathy works to shine light in hearts where authentic virtue is lost or forgotten. She's on a mission to empower children, youth, and grown-ups with fresh energy to understand and exercise true spiritual strength. Kathy's dynamic skill as a speaker, catechist, educator, and award-winning children's author integrate with her background in marketing and merchandising to create the fresh and fun approach to family virtue formation known as Virtue Heroes, a unique spectrum of creativity with a supernatural sprinkling of faith, hope, and love has created the beguiling charm and powerful value of these characters who empower character in kids. Kathy's passion is to captivate the imagination of children and youth and ignite in them a desire to grow strong in the true and lasting goodness of virtue. Mrs. Virtue Lady prays that you and your children and grandchildren will be part of Virtue Renaissance, renewing hearts, transforming culture, and blessing the world with each of us as tiny virtuous heroes for God. I love your bio. Thank you so much for joining us on Sewing Hope. Just unmute yourself, Kathy. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, it's amazing to have you here and finally get to meet you. Actually, we're looking at you on Zoom, but of course, the finished product of this podcast is audio. Mm -hmm. And uh, but it's nice to see your face. And how are you this evening? I'm doing all right. Staying busy. Uh, you know, it's a. Uh, it's crazy. I'm actually getting ready to make a move. So our house is all in boxes right now, but all is well. God is good. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. I, I commend you because I remember we haven't moved in quite a while. I'm in Pennsylvania and um, we've been here for actually 23 years <laughs> at the house that we're at. Um, but yeah, it, it's an undertaking, isn't it? Well, and you know, for me, there is this uncanny little opportunity for virtue in the midst of all of it, because mm -hmm. there's so much transition, there's so much work, physical work to do. And it's funny, because my husband and I, we can get pretty snappy with each other. And yet, once we start working on a move, we've actually moved like seven times. We're just, mm -hmm. we're nuts. And he's not even in the military. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I guess we're ADD in, when it comes to housing. But anyway, but it's so interesting how for us as a married couple, the virtue seems to shine when we're working together as a team on these on these moving projects. So thank you, God, for the grace in that. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. So for, for those who are listening and, and have never met you before, don't know much, uh, the Virtue Advocate. I love that title. Tell us more about how that came about in your life. Yeah, I well, when I started, um, when I started actually publishing books and found my author voice, the first book that I published was a team effort with my sister that's called Easter Bunny's Amazing Day. And the two of us came up with this wonderful book that sort of rebooted the Easter Bunny and put him in the tomb with Jesus and had him be basically Jesus's first disciple, this, this terrified little tiny bunny. Super sweet story. And Jesus picks him up, 
holds him on his shoulder and says, don't be afraid, little bunny, I am with you. And so then the bunny then goes on forever after to share the joy of Jesus at Easter with everybody. So when that story came to be, <coughs> I found my author voice and I found the fact that I felt like I was really being called to create stories with these little animal characters that tell their own story of a, of a powerful either Bible or spiritual history moment. And so then when I started figuring out, so, and then the focus was going to all be on virtue. Each one's, each story was going to be devoted and dedicated to virtue, a certain virtue. Well, then as I got to the point where I'm like, okay, how do I frame this? I was like, well, I'm not a virtue expert because I don't have an alphabet after my name, you know, like so many of the, the expert people do. And I'm like, well, what am I? I said, and then I decided I'm an advocate because truly virtue itself is being maligned in our culture. Now, when you, if you type in virtue on a search bar in Google, the thing that comes up first is virtue signaling. So the, the fake virtue, the mocking of virtue, the, the minimizing of virtue, the opposite of virtue yeah. is what comes up first. And so that's where I'm like, guys, even if all I ever do in my whole life is to make virtue, the word virtue trend on Google, <laughs> I'll be happy. Wow, that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you do. I hope it happens. I know. Yeah, that would yeah. be awesome. No, I, I love that. And as a parent myself, um, my kids are older, but how important is it to teach them virtue? Because I'll tell you, vice is everywhere when it comes to you know, the attacks on kids, I think, and, right. and, and our culture, right? And um, so I think that's a, an incredible thing that you're doing, bringing that as, as an important part of how we should live and the way that we react to life mm -hmm. and the way we that we react to situations that happen. Well, and truly, I think this all really got energized in me because I had wanted to be a children's author ever since I was in college. And it basically took me, I was that frightened bunny, uh, you know, hiding in the, in the cave for 25 years, trying to get the courage to actually be a published author. And when I finally was, and I looked out there, my son was a little bitty guy. I, I call him one of the editors on the first book because he was only maybe five. Well, as I started writing the other stories, he was getting older and he was quite a reader and he was getting to the point where he was almost in middle school and I was watching what was happening to him as he was reading more of the pop culture type stuff that's available for young people. And it made me even more energized to want to advocate for everybody to find the books and the storytelling that actually energize a desire for virtue in kids. Mm. Because most of the pop culture stuff does not. It energizes a desire for vice, for everything, for humor that mocks, not humor that laughs with and alongside. You know, all of those different kinds of things. So even just being in this, you know, this profession, I guess, of being a writer with my son walking through that age 
um, and experience, it energized me all the more that the power of story is how we actually get into the heart and that's where virtue happens you know virtue is the lived faith you know we've got a lot of intellectual faith but the lived faith is virtue so that's that's where that kind of really operates for me mm. Mm. Uh, that i love how you describe that because it it's got to go from the heart excuse me, turn the head to the heart, right? I was going to say the other way around, but no, it's got to be from from the head and into the heart and into the actions. And what you said too about the humor, and uh, I have I have daughters, I don't have any sons, but, and, and, and I think it affects both boys and girls, all of us, right? But I mean, I, I know you're, when you're talking about your son and that being exposed to that sort of that dark humor sometimes that uh, kids, you know, I know your perspective, like you said, with your through the eyes of your son, but how sad is that? But the antidote is virtue and teaching your kids virtue. It you know, par yeah. parents have a responsibility, don't they? I mean, yeah. to teach, to teach. And the, and the thing about it is, is that if you teach it intellectually, they don't get it. But if you give them experiences of virtue, whether it's through a story that then they can imagine it and they can internalize it through the story or through lived experiences of where you're actually behaving with virtue in some way, then it sticks. And, and that's the hardest part is because most of our education happens in a classroom and it's very difficult for kids to really grasp the concepts, the vocabulary, the words of what they actually mean um, when you're just talking about virtue. You know, it's 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 so much more than just the words. Yeah. Right. And I, and I and I really like how you draw that out, Kathy, because I think uh, for for so many people out there, they they, they think that that the Catholic Church too, or that the you know living a life of virtue, it, you have to go around with this sad face on, right? Like you have to go around with, oh, I am you know this so so pious or so holy that I never laugh in my life, that I never enjoy life, but but through living the experience of virtue, you realize that it's actually a rather joyful experience, right? Like you, you realize that this is joyful and fun and engaging and living life to the full. It's not a boring life to live virtuously. Uh, and, and I think oftentimes that, you know, as you mentioned, the first thing you search for when, when you search for virtue, now Google puts virtue signaling up there, all the negative stuff. So people are like, oh, I don't want to live virtuously. I want to live, you know, with all this vice. So, so yeah, I mean, that's that's awesome that you are drawing that out and saying, you know what, enter into this lived experience, enter into this life that is um, gonna uplift you and 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 live to the full. You're you're human. You're human person. Well, and with a really little kid, because the stories that I create are are really the sweet spot is for these little pre-K kids. Mm -hmm. Bigger kids like to come back to them once they're a familiar story, but it's the little ones that enjoy them a lot. And for a little kid, you know, who's three, four, five years old, 
Um, I'm not going to be able to express it in the way that a psychologist could, but their imaginary world and their real world blends. Do you know how they mm-hmm. can be pretending all the way through a regular experience and it's all mixed up for them? You know, they can be still in the pretend mode while they are in the real life mode. Well, that's why I'm trying to give kids these tiny virtue heroes so that little Eli the caterpillar, who's the virtue hero of kindness, well, he can be crawling on their arm or on their shoulder in their imagination anytime. And he can be helping them to spot kindness in somebody else and things like that. And and so we just give them these vivid little characters yeah. that then stick with them and sort of echo in their imagination so that it's it's with them when they're playing as well as, you know, when they're actually reading the story. Beautiful. Oh, I love it. I'm going to read off some of your titles, too. And uh, Kathy's Tiny Virtue Hero Storybooks is The Mouse and a Miracle, Wisdom Finds a Way, Jesus Lost and Found, Easter Bunny's Amazing Day, and Little Lamb's Finds Christmas. Little Lamb Finds Christmas. Just wanted to read off some of those. Uh, What was the experience like for you writing those books and the illustrating? Now, do you do the illustrating as well? Not at all. Okay. (laughs) I could not not begin to illustrate to the degree. We had separate illustrators for the first two storybooks that came out. Easter Bunny's Amazing Day, that has one illustrator. Then Little Lamb Finds Christmas. Both of those are published through Liguori. So both of those have individual different illustrators. Mm -hmm. Then for the Tiny Virtue Heroes series, I um, I am working with um, a woman named Jeannie Eagle. And she is just extraordinary. I don't know if you guys, I feel like oh, yeah. you guys may have had her on your show at some point. Yeah, she's a good Maybe friend. You, yep. Have you? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, wonderful. And she is just incredibly talented. And really, I gave her such a huge challenge. And she has risen to the occasion because I told her that I didn't want sappy sweet art that that you know so much children's uh children's literature you know can can fall especially religious children's literature can fall into a very similar look you know overall look and so we didn't want anything that already looked like it had been done um religiously and then i said and would you please go and look at all of basically the history of disney illustration Disney, Pixar, all of it. And I said, because I want these to have the appeal of classic Disney and all that. And so she has done such an extraordinary job with these characters (laughs) to make them have that that fun and sparkle and cuteness um, without looking harsh. Because nowadays, a lot of the artwork for children has gotten a lot more stark and a lot more harsh. So she keeps it soft and sweet, but fun and and memorable and, and very engaging. So Wow. That's it's awesome. all put together so well. You're doing great work. Uh, yeah, it's well, amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I, I I hope that a lot of children will be blessed. And, and what I like to tell parents and grandparents is that, um, especially grandparents, because, you know, 
a lot of parents, young parents these days, they're of the generation where they're not sure how important religion is in their life. You know, they've they've kind of come through the gauntlet and it's like, yeah, it's nice. You know, whereas the grandparents know that it's a lifeline for your whole life. It's it's everything. And yet they they look at their young people, their young adult children and they're grieving. And they're like, what do I do? I have these children that are now having my grandchildren. They really don't want to talk about faith. They really don't want to hear about it. They're, they don't care. You know, they're just not into it. Or some of them are really kind of negative on it. Um, how do they reach them? And I say, give them the children's book. Give them the storybook because to anybody looking at these books they just look like a cute basically like a little bible storybook you know the mouse and a miracle is telling the story of mary at the annunciation um wisdom finds a way is just the story of the kings visiting baby jesus at christmas um and the story of eli the caterpillar um jesus lost and found it's just the finding in the temple it's mary and joseph looking everywhere to try and find jesus so they're very, you know, regular little Bible stories that are illustrated real cute. But the fact that the virtue element is in there is done in a way that then it touches the heart of that sort of apathetic parent at the same time that it's touching the heart of the child for the first time. So um, I, I pray, and, and so far I've, I've had people contact me and say I'm in tears, you know, reading and different things like that because some little special thing will, will touch them. There was a Marian scholar who read the um, Mouse and a Miracle book, and he was so excited. He's been studying, you know, he has the alphabet after his name, okay? He, he spends his whole world studying Mary and, and the Blessed Mother. And he was so excited that Mary danced at the end of that book. And he's like, <laughs> I always imagined Mary dancing, but no one's ever drawn a picture of her dancing. She was a Jewish girl. She would have danced. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. But I was determined that this was a, you know, these, these, the, the first 20 of these books will align with the mysteries of the rosary. And I was determined that every one of them that's in the joyful mysteries leaves the reader with a sense of joy, right. real joy. So anyway, so it's it's been fun watching people's reaction to them. No, you know, that's great. It's a great way to approach it too. Um, kind of incognito slipping the virtue into uh, these lives because a, as you mentioned, you know, there, there are many people that are, hostile or they're or they've been hurt um or just the fact that um they're just not interested in you know their faith uh and and maybe these little nuggets i mean that's really you know i i think for me these little nuggets of virtue that you place out there in in the lives of uh young children and then it just kind of spills over into the parents you know um and you start teaching them lessons you know and again as you mentioned it's practical too you know like you know they the 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 lessons they're going to be learning they can use in their preschools they can use in their kindergartens they can use uh so that so that they can learn how to um live virtuously from from you know their very young age uh 
uh, and all done with, um, you know, a little bit of just kind of subtly slipping it in um, to the household. So I think uh, you're exactly right, Kathy, you know, targeted out to the grandparents um, and, you know, of course, of course, faithful parents uh, who, who really want to, you know, help their kids understand virtue and then and then live it at a young age because i think when you live virtue virtuously at a young age uh it makes it easier as you get older and older and older and you know into puberty and all those other you know things that that you know come with with growing up so uh, just just awesome just awesome stuff thank you so much for all the amazing work you're doing Yes, and I echo the same thing. Uh, it's exciting for us to have you here on the Sewing Hope podcast. And I wanted to make sure that we touched on those three hats that you wear as a virtue advocate. And I'm just going to read a little paragraph that as the lead with marketing and event planning for Catholic Marketing Network, planning the conference portion of the Momentum 21 event and empowering all kinds of Catholic ministries and businesses to equip Catholics for lives of faith and virtue. Now, the Catholic Marketing Network Conference is coming up this month here. We're, we're taping this in July, early July, of course, of 2021. And the conference is, I believe, the 27th uh, and 28th and 29th. I'm happy to report that I'll be there, too, with Bill Snyder and Patchwork Heart Ministry. So thank you for uh, actually extending that out to us. So tell us about this. We're so excited to hear. It's it's very exciting. And truly, you know, when I'm wearing my CMN hat, as I say, um, you know, you would think that it's not part of the virtue effort, but it really is because CMN for many years has been a organization that basically put on a trade show and we connected everybody who created Catholic um, publications and products with the people that might help them distribute those, sell them through a store or ministry or something. And that was really good. And that was a niche that was important to fill when the whole effort of evangelization was sort of young. Well, now the whole method of evangelization, evangelization has changed and expanded and with online and everything, there's so many more people, so many more lay Catholics that are involved in the process of building faith. And so now we invite everybody to come to CMN's event. We invite all kinds of ministry-minded Catholics. That's what we say. If you're active in any kind of Catholic business or ministry or apostolate, you know, if you're in, involved in a prayer group, if you're involved in anything where you're helping and serving in your church, maybe you're on the evangelization committee, maybe you're on the marketing committee for your school, all of those kind of people can come to our event and really be, um, have their battery charged spiritually, be professionally um, enriched and equipped and even personally energized because you're around all these like-minded Catholics and you're like, wow, I, I never dreamed there were so many people that cared about this stuff the way I do. Mm -hmm. And there is something about that energy that you come into the expo hall and you come into the various sessions and it is just it's just beautiful to witness and be part of. And I get excited because through all these people's efforts, we help virtue to grow both as an education you know, path, 
as well as a lived, um, you know, lived experience path in, in daily life and business and everything else. Yeah, it all comes together. And it's exciting because you're right. I mean, it's, it's for so many people who are involved in ministry, right? And there's mm -hmm. all kinds of ministry, whether they're Catholic authors, speakers, people who work in some kind of church catechetics or um, other type of ministry within the actual churches, right? Correct. And it's, so it's, it, and, and people used to think, oh, well, I shouldn't come. If I'm not a retailer, if I'm not a ministry selling stuff, I shouldn't come to CMN. And, and truly in the past, um, you know, that might have been true. <clears throat> but now, because we have conference partner tracks, you know, we've got the Catholic Writers Guild that has a whole track for, for writers. We have the, the Shrine, National Shrine Association for shrine directors and everybody involved with shrine ministries. Um, we have the SEMA um, apostolate, which is the coalition of Eucharistic and Marian apostolates. So this is this collection of all these different Marian and Eucharistic apostolates. So all that track, all those people that are able to come and connect and, um, and find ways to make a difference by working together. Yeah, exciting stuff. Now, another facet of your work is as a speaker empowering families and schools to help children desire to live with heroic virtue speaking at momentum 21 as part of the catholic brain conference for dres and catechists topic is practicing the virtue of prudence so tell us more about this well and this is this is what is another layer of what is sort of making the whole identity of cmn just be transformed is that we are having a national um, educator catechist DRE conference as a track within momentum. And so, you know, I mean, we've even had some some groups say that they're, you know, can we bring 26 of us? And we're like, oh my God. <laughs> so it's it's exciting to see the fact that 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 now um, that DREs and catechists are going to be able to come to a conference-based event and they're not going to be in their own little bubble. They're not just going to be surrounded by other catechists and DREs. They're going to be surrounded by all kinds of people who desire for the faith to grow and blossom in families, you know, not just the kids, but how do we energize the whole family? How do we energize the whole parish? And so I have the honor of being one of the speakers and um, my talk is about the virtue of prudence and the way I will be weaving it together is with these virtue hero characters so that we will be thinking about how the power of imagination, the power of story can really energize the way we catechize children and how we can have prudence in the classroom, you know, as as a as a catechist or a dre you know how do we have that exercise of prudence when we're trying to um do what we do with and for children because it's it's tricky you know especially if you're doing a um like a ccd program that only meets once a week you know it really does take some prudence to figure out what do you do with that time when that time is so short and so precious? So we'll both be, we'll be getting into that as well. So 
part of it is the what I call the delightful part, which is the characters and you know what what makes us smile, but also the practical part of how do we navigate this. Mm. Yeah, navigate's a good word because you you are re- wearing many hats, <laughs> and um, and backtracking a little bit because I have another point of of one of those hats that you wear, which is really backtracking. But as the author of the Tiny Virtue Heroes, which we've already discussed, creating the multi book series with the characters empowering character in kids, and of the latest book, I don't know if we got to actually mention this that that latest book is Jesus Lost and Found honors father's fatherhood through the example of saint joseph now we didn't get to talk about that particularly that book so let's talk more well and i have to tell you a funny story about this about our crazy culture and how i was saying you know virtue you know you try to promote virtue and you get the word virtue signaling well i was getting ready for our launch of jesus lost and found which is this portrait of joseph being virtuous in the midst of losing Jesus, okay? And so every different portrayal of Joseph in the story is he's portraying the virtue of kindness. And we even are following sort of a breadcrumb story of where is Jesus, you know? And and it's like we're answering a question that children would ask us, well, what did Jesus do for those three days? And so we imagine that Jesus has gone all through Jerusalem doing acts of kindness. And then Joseph and Mary are keep going from person to person trying to find Jesus. And they're trying not to lose it. You know what I mean? <laughs> they've lost not only their son, they've lost the son of God. And, mm. you know, how do they not lose it? And Joseph, he is so good. He is so strong. And you really get to picture that. You know, but at one point, Joseph is like, how did we lose the son of God? At one point, Mary breaks down in tears and it's like, will we ever find him? You know, so there's a lot of drama in this little children's book. (laughs) But the whole point of it is so that in in sort of a contrast to so many of the storybooks for children, even the good ones, they mock fatherhood. They make fun of fathers. We laugh at dad's expense again and again and again and again and again. And so truly what has happened is we have undermined the authority of fathers by the way we portray fathers for the sake of humor and it's just it breaks my heart so this whole book is about a strong dad and we're not telling the kids dads should be strong we're showing them Mm. a strong and loving father One of my favorite moments in the whole story is the final picture of the book where Joseph has his arm around Jesus and he says, and it's like a dad joke. He says, well, maybe we should have thought to look for you first in the, in the father's house. (laughs) And the picture of the two of them smiling together is just so sweet. And I just, I really, I hope that kids will leave this and even dads reading it to their child will finish this story and think, they'll sigh. They'll have that sigh that they know they've just experienced something deeply true and good. And, and so this is this story is not for the kids just to honor the dads. This is for the dads for once to be given a thumbs up and say, yeah, 
that's what dads are and we love them Mm. I'm so glad you said what you Mm. just said because it is a sad thing that you think that in our culture in some of the writings and TV shows and social media stuff or whatever that it's making dads look like their role is not really all that important or that they're sort of like oh he's just there just to look good or something but not really doing anything and and it's just wrong it's wrong and um so that this whole idea of what you're doing with virtue, I just think is an incredible thing. I'm really glad that I'm learning more about it because I can tell you one thing, I'm going to help promote uh, what you're doing. I mean, I hope this podcast is obviously helping a lot that Bill and I are doing together. Um, but I just, I love what you're doing. I can't wait to meet you at CNM. I know Bill's feeling the same way. And, um, and that's going to be a great thing. So um, is there any other sort of uh, call to action or thing that you want to let our audience know about either what you're doing or what um, other people that you're working with are doing right now? Well, I would say definitely that Bill needs to start reading the St. Joseph yes. story to his baby. Yes, I do. Already. Yes. You can count on you can count on me getting the books. <laughs> you can count on me buying your books, uh, without a doubt. I'm already reading uh, so many uh, stories to my son Elvin, uh, and uh, you know I I'm looking for those stories of uh, great you know masculinity uh, like like Saint Joseph has, uh, you know, and the way you present it, and uh, so I I I think that. Um, you know, I first of all, I love reading stories. Uh, even though uh, Elvin is two months old, uh, I, I I enjoy reading them, and, and he enjoys listening to them. Um, and so uh, certainly, you know, it, it is never too young to begin instilling that virtue. It's never too young um, to begin doing that. And so, uh, folks, you know, out there listening, it's not just me. Uh, it, it's all of you, young dads out there listening to this, uh, you know, get a copy of these books, get a copy of the virtue heroes, because, uh, you know, as you, as you read, you're instilling that those life lessons, those, those beautiful virtues in your child, um, you know, and they, and they pay attention and they listen, um, you know, even, even, even when they're two months old, you know, um, even, you know, I was reading books to my, my son in utero. I would sit next to my wife's belly and I would read the stories in into her belly. Um, you know, and, and it was funny, but but it's it's a beautiful experience and you can do that. Um, so so yeah, Kathy, you know, thank you for the um, for the motivation to do it. And uh, certainly, you know, uh, we we got to we got to teach virtue. We have to you know instill these. There there are so many other different types of messages being sent, you know, and just going back to what you were talking about, just about dads too. I I remember growing up watching the TV show, Everybody Loves Raymond. It was one of my favorite television shows um, when I was in in high school and college. In fact, I even missed a final in college because I was watching the series finale of Everybody Loves Raymond. But when you reflect on how many jokes are pointed at the, the father's, you know Raymond, uh, and and also Frank, the you know the grandfather in in the um, series, it, it is concerning, and it continued beyond well beyond that you know uh, you know sitcom into other sitcoms that are on today. You know, um, and it's just 
unfortunately, emasculating men. And this is what we're watching on on television. This is what we're watching every single week, um, you know, on primetime television, if you're a primetime television watcher. And what ends up happening is, you know, men become insecure. Men become, you know, unable to want to lead. And so we need to have this, you know, this type of content that you're placing out there uh, f- from a very young age for men, for, for young dads to realize, oh, you know what? Step up, lead your family, lead your wife uh, deeper in faith. Uh, and, and that is so, so important. So, so Kathy, thank you. And thank you for the challenge. Certainly uh, know that I'll be getting your books at CMN because uh, it, it definitely. Well, I, I, I'm honored and hopefully encouraged and just uh, edified that you're, you're feeling that way. Um, and the other thing I was thinking of as you were talking is dads don't like to have to like teach things in a complicated way. Well, what I'm creating through this series is the simplest way for a dad to teach virtue to his kid because all he's got to do is to read the story. And there's even little instructions at the back of the book that's like a mini curriculum in virtue, but it's hidden because the little hero talks to the child saying, you can be a virtue hero too, and tells <laughs> you little things about it. So we're basically making it simple for dads. Maybe this is, you know, year of St. Joseph and yeah. the story, this latest story is all about St. Joseph. So we're just, we're trying to tee up some good stuff for dads to help them be the kind of dad they want to be only make it not really super challenging and and intimidating to do so so Mm. um but my my little i guess my little call to action is two things one is i want anybody who's an educator or anybody who knows um a dre or an educator to think about coming to the momentum um 21 event Um, It's in Chicago, but it's totally worthwhile just for the Catholic brain track because that's going to be so beautiful. And getting to know, this is another thing for like dads and families who want resources for their family. Catholic brain is an incredible online platform of faith affirming resources that kids can sit and play games on this site for hours and it's all really fun you know engaging content that nothing is bad you don't have to ever worry about oh you know you don't know what they're going to see on that platform no it's all wonderful um and then i would say that for anybody who is you know active in any kind of catholic ministry or if you if you want to make a difference you know you're you're like the it seems like our world is in a dark place and you want to get energized and you can't go to like the the youth conferences anymore (laughs) (laughs) this is like the youth conference for grown-ups yeah (laughs) so come to momentum 21 Mm -hmm. um you can go to catholicmarketing.com to our events page and see all the info um, the, we can share the registration link um, in some of the little info uh, that goes with the podcast. Um, and then come and visit myvirtueheroes.com if you want to keep abreast of what's going on 
Um, I have a whole little page of different free resources. As I come up with various things that are free, um, we'll be developing little coloring pages, things like that, um, that go with the stories, but it also gives you access to the storybooks. And if you are recommending them for a school, I'm on a crusade to give parents confidence in recommending these books. So there is a link to a free e-copy of the entire book. No normal publisher ever does this, but you can see the entire book electronically for free um, on the publisher's site, you know, where you can go and, and get it. And so that every teacher or educator or principal can see the whole book. There's no surprises. You're not going to get into the third book and suddenly we're going to do some morally misguided thing, just like, you know, Captain Underpants. They made all the kids laugh for nine books. And then in book 10, they brought out all kinds of crazy stuff. And then the parents are like, no. So, no, we will never do that. We will never put in, you know, surprises that you weren't expecting. And we will always have the books available in entirety for people to see so they know what they're getting. That's awesome. So Catholic, um, excuse me, catholicmarketing.com for the event and everything Catholic Marketing Network and then um, virtueheroes.com for everything that uh, is all about the little little virtue heroes. Awesome. Mm, beautiful. Boy, it's so exciting. It makes me excited to, to be there with you and Bill and everybody else uh, coming soon. Now, we didn't speak too much about your personal life, but I did want to read a little blurb I have about um, you, uh, that you're a native of St. Louis, Missouri, revert to the faith after leaving for five years, being intensely anti-Catholic, married to your husband for 37 years, three wonderful children, uh, and you're longing for heaven, but uh, I am content with, the, I meaning you, are content with dogs and chocolate as my favorite delights on earth. <laughs> and that's something that you sent me. So um, it, anything about your little bio there, I'd love to hear more. I mean, first of all, congratulations on 37 years of, of marriage. And, and that's wonderful. And, you know, living in St. Louis now, are you? I know you're moving. Are you staying in the area, though? Yes, yes. We okay. just uh, we're, we're just moving to a different different spot in St. Louis. But, but yeah, and, and actually there's kind of a funny story about the being married for 37 years because it's really 37 minus one mm. because during those five years where I left the church, I left my husband for one because I decided that the best thing that I could do for my children was to love my husband more and I decided I could love him better separated from him. So we separated the house. This is when our kids were very, very little. And it was, oh my goodness, very difficult because he did not leave the church. He stayed a Catholic. Mm. And so even when we then um, reunited, mm. God basically gave me my marching orders to go and give our marriage one more try. And, uh, and so, but then I was very anti-Catholic and he was still trying to hang on to the Catholic faith. And so, it was a it was a very difficult period for him and he kept praying that i would just come back to the catholic faith before i died that was his that was his <laughs> prayer 
And I almost got him to leave because I was so just, I mean, you can tell I'm a somewhat dramatic person and I was just on a crusade <laughs> to get him out of the Catholic Church. It was a horror of Babylon. It was terrible, everything, blah, blah, blah. Wow. And um, so, but then he went on a Curcio retreat and stayed up all night talking with someone about the reality of Christ in the Eucharist. And so he came back from that retreat and he says, I can't leave. I just can't leave. And then I wept and cried and that we were going to be united. And, you know, I was all upset. And then he got the entire community, Catholic community of Perryville, Missouri, after that retreat, praying for his wife. And then a series of domino events happened that are too much to go into right now. But then I basically went to a class on, on church history and it was a two week class. And by the second, by the end of the first week, I realized, I think I made a mistake. Oh my, what a story. <laughs> you know what? Oh week. my gosh. By the second Incredible. week, by the end of the second week, I, I was at a Eucharistic Congress with him. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Oh my gosh, I love it. Now I have to mention, I don't know if you know this, but of course, Bill, you were probably thinking the same thing, but the foundation that I represent, the St. Raymond Anatis Foundation, our, our, our charism, our, our tagline is pastoral accompaniment for families in crisis. But the main charism there has been over the last five years since our existence is to Catholics who are affected by divorce and separation. See, okay. I needed you guys. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to have to talk because we also have a podcast for Catholics affected by divorce. So maybe we could chat sometime too about that. And I just want to invite people listening to this too. You want to learn more about that part of what, what I do. And, uh, you know, of course, we're a team here, Patchwork Heart, Fiat Ministry Network, St. Raymond Onatis Foundation. Is go to nonatis.org and you can learn about the foundation. But you'd be a great guest. Awesome. It'd be fun. Yeah, it's too much story for this uh this fun this fun show. So yeah. we'll get that's yeah, right. Yeah, to save it for that. there. Very good. Very yeah. good. So, uh as we're coming to a close with the podcast, Kathy, I wondered is there anything else that you want to share with our audience? You know, I just want to share that this year is the year of St. Joseph, and I truly believe the reason why we, you know, named our event Embracing Hope with St. Joseph, um, that we have so much to be hope-filled about because we know that life is more than just what's right here. And that's what motivates us to have virtue, desire virtue, behave with virtue, because we're not alone. We sometimes feel alone, but we're not. And we don't have to be afraid, no matter what happens. If we feel, you know, if we, if we get sick, if we are well, if we are having a job, if we're not having a job, it's part of our journey. You know, I'm moving into an apartment, okay? I'm moving from the nice two-story house into an apartment, okay? This is not gonna be easy. This is, this is not, you know, and so some people would look at it and be like, oh no, you know, this is downsizing when I wasn't quite 
I don't know, I wasn't thinking we were ready for downsizing. And so I guess what I'm saying is God has this and we can, we can be joyful, you know, like Bill was saying, we can be joyful because of our faith, because of our hope. And when we act in charity and with virtue, then that's, that's, that's where the joy hides. You know, if we're feeling discouraged or down or anything, remember the joy hides in those three things. Hmm. And we'll find it and we'll, we'll, we'll be so surprised when we do. And it's the joy that lasts. It's not pleasure, which comes and goes. It's the joy that lasts. So hmm. come hang out with more people like like uh like the three of us at yes. momentum and you will feel this as well yeah oh amen amen thank you so much please do come back again to sewing hope and you know we're going to hang out at the conference so absolutely <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah uh folks please head over to uh catholicmarketing.com it's that simple uh and it's virtueheroes.com right kathy virtueheroes.com catholic marketing.com uh, and as Kathy said, you know, come hang out with us. Uh, I know that our booth number is 342 uh, at Patchwork Art Ministry. So uh, stop by booth 342 uh, and you'll find Ann and myself. Uh, and, you know, you're just going to be able to encounter a wonderful time um, with with wonderful Catholics. And can't can't wait. Just can't wait. Know that we're going to be doing radio shows and podcasts, you know, in our booth and just just having a lot of a lot of fun. Uh, as Kathy said, this is this is going to be fun uh so many of us are craving getting together after the pandemic too right like we're all just craving to get together after the pandemic and we're tired of looking at each other on zoom so uh if you're tired of uh, zoom calls uh you know stop by booth 342 and uh, you know join us for uh, fellowship and just uh, you know also uh, learning more about the Catholic Church and more about the faith and different ministries and how we can help you in uh, all the different facets between uh, Fiat Ministry Network, Patrick Art Ministry, Saint Raymond and Otis Foundation. Uh, and any last comments, any last words that you help you might have tonight? Oh, Bill, thank you. I uh, can't think of anything in particular, but I also want to uh, ask people to encourage them to check out the new book through Patchwork Heart Ministry. Authors are Bill Snyder, myself, Maggie Riggins, and also Jen Southerton. And that book is available at patchworkheart.org, and it's called Hearts Burning Within Us. Bill, maybe you could tell us a little bit more. Uh, yes, uh, yeah, it is available now. Uh, we have the shipment of the first books, uh, well in time for Catholic Marketing Network. But uh, if you want to order uh, your copy, you can head over to our website and get the book there or at CMN, uh, where we'll kind of be doing the official launch of the book. But um, but we're super excited that we have them, uh, the hard copies in our possession, uh, and uh, we can certainly mail them out to you. So uh, so excited that that book uh, kind of finally came to fruition, uh, and just and just super excited about uh, the the big launch at CMN. What's the, what's the book about? Uh, so Tell what us, we did, a yeah, sure, Kathy. So what we did was uh, last year we met with six different college students and we asked them the questions that burned on their heart uh, about the Catholic faith. And we spent the summer three months uh, with the four authors and ourselves on Zoom each and every week and we went back and forth about these different questions that they had on their hearts. And they were deep questions. They're not just superficial things, but in the vein of kind of like, 
uh, did Adam and Eve have belly buttons by Matt Pinto, we, we, we kind of put together this question and answer book. It's 42 questions, and they range from uh, questions about the magisterium to sexual ethics to morality to um, all kinds of things. I mean, there's even a question about uh, smoking marijuana. Is that okay uh, as a Catholic? And so there are um, wonderful, uh, just really down-to-earth questions, and I think real-world responses that can be lived. Uh, so if you've got, uh, you know, a kid that has recently graduated high school and is getting ready to go off to college, uh, you know, in the fall, now is a perfect time to kind of get a copy of this book and, uh, give it to them before they go off to school. Uh, but you know, it's not a heavy, it's not a catechism. You know, we, we, we wrote this with personal experience and we wrote this with a lot of, uh, in intention to keep some humor in there as you know, and, and, and virtue is fun. Virtue is um, uplifting. So uh, we 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 did a lot intentionally to, to keep that, but also um, the truth of the faith and the virtue that you find uh, in it. So uh, super excited about it, uh, you know, and uh, can't wait to can't wait to launch it at CMN. <laughs> that's that's right. exciting. Yeah, it is. Well, uh, that's that's what uh, that's what CMN tends to be. We are sort of an incubator uh, for new ideas in the Catholic space. So that's fun that we get to share that moment with you. Yeah, it's it is. It's so much fun. Uh, and folks, um, th- this is all the time we have for this episode. We, I, I'm sure we could talk for another three hours about all this amazing stuff. Um, but we, this is all the time that we do have for tonight. So uh, we do encourage you to come back on Thursday as we continue to uh, have another great episode then. But until uh, then, uh, we thank you all for tuning in. And from all of us at the St. Raymond Donatus Foundation, Fiat Ministry Network, and Patchwork Heart Ministry, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart, sowing hope into broken hearts. And we will be back on Thursday. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2.